0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome to all of you here, all of you watching online. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bibles up, or your hand, or your iPhone, whatever you got. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're doing a series on fruitful living, and uh, that all the harvest that we would dream of or hope to possess comes through honor. If you'll turn in your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter four, uh, we're going through this life of Jabez many years ago. A man by the name of Bruce Wilkerson wrote a wonderful book on this very small verse that has made a huge difference in, the, in a lot of people's lives and. Change their views of of blessing and God and and how it all works. And I don't know how many of you have, in your religious world, as we've all experienced, uh, been introduced to the idea that being blessed is is maybe a sign, at least where I grew up, that uh, maybe you have stepped outside of God, when in reality, blessing comes from stepping inside of God. Uh, People... Uh, that that attacking those who believe it is and vice versa. And so I think rather than attacking anyone for what they believe, we just need to stand strong in what we believe and uh, each individual. And if you'll turn to 1 Chronicles 4, 9, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. It's interesting that that would be uh, canonized in scripture as uh, something special. But God, I think, wanted to point out that Uh, Honor is a very big part of the blessing that he wants to bring on us. Not perfection, not never making mistakes, but being honorable in the midst of all of life. And it goes on to say, his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So his name meant pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain, and God granted his request. Praying bold prayers in the midst of pain or uh, being surrounded by it or being infiltrated by it, pain often does the opposite. Pain causes us to whine, scream, complain. But in Jabez's case, his pain drove him to God. It drove him to pray a big prayer, a bold prayer, Rather than crying out and saying, why did my, did my mother name me pain? Why do I have to live with this my whole life? He turned to God and cried out to God. Some of you may be in pain. Some of you might be fighting through criticism, or layoffs, or whatever it might be. And the reality is, those are all very painful. So pain is not our problem. It's our response to pain that becomes the problem. When you're in pain, do you turn to God and say, God you know, I know what I'm, I'm going through right now. And I may even have caused a lot of the pain to hear me complain in my pain, but i asking you to bless me in doing that. He was not only more honorable to those around him, but to God, he was saying, God, I know that you're bigger than my pain, that you're greater than my pain. And so I'm going to entrust you with that pain. And, uh, I've watched people go through pain and complain about it, blame other people, and they spend most of their time trying to figure out how in the world they got there, why they're there, and why it's happening to them and not everybody else. What we have to realize is pain happens to everybody. Tribulation happens to everybody. Adversity happens to everybody. The difference is not in the pain or adversity. It's in the person. And in Jabez's situation, he makes a discovery that God is with him and that he's going to pray boldly to him. So the very first thing I want us to look at in this story is he had been exposed to blessing. Historians say that he was from the line of Her. Now, some of you may not remember her, but I'm going to read this to you out of Exodus chapter 17, and you'll remember. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Her went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tight, and he they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady. Till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So we see here that her was a part of the victory. Now, he's not Moses. He's not Joshua. He would seem to play a very insignificant role, and yet it was a huge role in the eyes of God, holding up the arms of another while he's in pain. Oftentimes, when people are in their greatest and finds is when they're in their weakest moment. And our humanity and our fallen nature often finds finds its way to not helping heal the pain, but to criticize the person who's in pain. Rather than reaching out and saying, I need somebody to lift my arms up in this time, I'm in great pain, which is what Moses was. He was in pain, and, and life and death were in the balance, and there was a man named Hur who decided, Moses needs my help, and he began to lift his arms up. It's said that Jabez had been exposed to this kind of behavior and this kind of response, which may be the reason that he had the boldness and courage to cry out to God and say, God, in the midst of my pain, I'm going to ask you to bless me. He had been exposed to something that changed his life. Now, listen to me. What we are exposed to will have influence on us and in us. All you have to do is in the summertime, and I cannot wait for it, this Oklahoma dead, cold, dreary winter, Be gone in Jesus' name. But when you expose or your body is exposed to the sun, how many of you know it has influence on your body? When you're out in it without sunscreen, now they're finding that sunscreen may be poisonous to your body. So what do we do? Burn? I mean, that'd be my preference in this situation, but I'm just saying being exposed to the sun changes your complexion, it changes things. They say it's hazardous, dangerous, but it does have vitamins in it. So you, you can be overexposed, but being exposed to it for the right amount of time helps you in numerous ways. So if you expose yourself to negativism and criticism and, and you're mean and you're hateful, you're around people like that, that's what you'll become. In this case, Jabez might have been born in pain and his mother was pained by his birth, but he never let it influence him. He looked to a greater lineage and he believed that he could be a part of that. And so in his pain, he he had been exposed to something that changed how he would potential that God has in our lives. And you know, I, I was talking to a, a young man yesterday who nine years ago was diagnosed with cancer, leukemia. And uh, he was in New York, and, and the doctors there said it's terminal. There's no way for you to be healed. And uh, so he's exposed to this first report that it's just terminal. What you have cannot be cured. His mother, being the mother, uh, like a mother, began to get on the phone, and she found a doctor in Dallas that uh, said, Yeah, I'll send him. We think we can, we can bring healing to his body. Now, please understand something. When you get sick and people who don't believe in miracles, when something like this happens, they start believing in miracles. And he told me yesterday he believes that it was a miracle that he was healed. The doctors that he had originally been exposed to said, It's terminal. There's nothing we can do for you. Sometimes we hear that first report and we believe that. We've been influenced by that. But his mother, being the mother that she was and is, decided, I'm not going to let my son die without a fight. Nine years later, no cancer, perfectly well, and he's healed. Now, you can argue with me all you want. I've had one miracle healing that I know was God because the doctor said, we're going to have to cut on you. There's no way that that this is going to work for you. You're going to have this problem the rest of your life. And and I I never had the surgery. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can laugh at it. You can believe God has removed himself from us, that he's just somewhere in the sky watching over all that's happening. Let me tell you something. God's involved in every detail. Every detail that you allow God to be involved in your life, he'll get involved with it. So what does it cost to believe in a miracle? It costs you absolutely nothing. There's no down payment. There's no debt to it. Why wouldn't you believe? What's wrong with it? Well, I'd be crazy if I believe in miracles today. You'd be crazy not to. Why wouldn't you? If you need something from God, go to God and get it. God created you. He knows how to fix you better than anybody else. And if that's not enough, he created science and doctors that will help you. Man, get it done. Don't give up. Don't quit. Pray big prayers. And Jabez had been exposed to a a man that he called a relative and believed that God would do the same for him. God wants to do the same for everybody. God doesn't show favorites. This, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand to the very end and believe God. Never going to quit because somebody tells me I ought to quit. Never going to leave because somebody says you ought to leave. Never going to be done until God says I'm done. And he ain't going to be done with me until I'm pushing up clover. Or floating out in ashes in the sea somewhere. That's probably what I'm going to do. Just be out in the ocean. What you're exposed to can change your life. That's how come I don't get around people a lot and it's not that I don't try to win people, love people, but I don't, I don't like being around people who are negative, always doubting, always telling me it can't happen, nothing good ever happens to us. Well, you know what? You're designing your future by those words. You just need to smile and say, you know, it may look this way right now, but his mercies are new every morning. So if I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm looking for new mercies tomorrow morning. I'm looking for God to be involved tomorrow morning. I'm not going to quit on God. I'm not going to dishonor God by doubting his power, his authority, his supremacy. I'm not going to doubt God. When we minimize the power of God, we not only minimize him as God, but we minimize his influence and his role in our lives. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith is very critical to the outcome of every prayer and everything that we believe. And we have to stand strong. We have to encourage ourselves. We have to speak to ourselves. We have to pump ourselves up, if you will, to use a secular term to believe that God is going to do what He says He'll do. You can look around you all day long. Your help doesn't come from around, it comes from above. See so you look up to the heavens where your help comes from, is what the psalm The presence of God, influences every decision we make. There's a higher rate of divorce outside of people who uh, don't go to church and don't some surrender their lives to, to the Lord. There's a higher percentage of, of people like that. And sometimes we, we fail. We give up. Turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2. Let me just tell you, tenacity will get you everywhere. Staying strong will get you to the place of God. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 5, it says, The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? He was talking about Elijah. You may remember the story. Elijah comes to Elisha because he knew he was going to be taken up, and he needed a successor. So he comes to Elisha and literally or or symbolically puts his uh, cloak on Elisha, symbolizing that the mantle that's on me is going to come on you. So he lets Elisha know, and everybody around knows, that Elisha is heir apparent to Elijah's gift of prophecy and being a man of God. And so he says, yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Don't talk about it because he's still alive. He's still doing the work of the Father. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Elisha's going, wherever you're going, I'm going. Your influence on my life is what's making my life what it's becoming. There are people who will influence you to believe, people who will influence you to doubt. There are people who hate God. There are people who hate you. There are people who love you. There are people who love God. I want to be around people who love God and love me. Listen to this. Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now let's just stop right there a minute. That's what I call Biblically sexy. Man, that reads so well. It looks so good. We read it. We like it. It's cool. But in the back of our minds, we're going, come on, man. You striking some water with a rolled up fabric and it parts. Come on, man. And so we kind of we kind of just give a little attention to it, but not too much. But Elisha's going, wherever you go, I'm going. I've been exposed to something I cannot get away from. I've watched the miracles. I've seen things happen. I believe Elijah did that and the prophets were standing. I believe it was a setup by God to prove that he is God. God's always trying to show himself, not show off, but show himself to humanity so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus paid for us to live. Now listen to what happens. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Now think just for a moment, what would your request have been? I mean, we don't read the Bible slow enough sometimes. What would I ask of Elijah if I'm standing there? Probably, hopefully, I would have asked exactly what Elisha asked. Let me inherit... A double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. He didn't say, I just want what you got. He said, I want twice as much. No, we say religious people say, oh, that's just too much. That's what religion does. Oh, ask, you could never ask God for that. Rolls Royce. I know some of y'all aren't car people, but just about all my blessings come through car like that. God, just bless it. Bring me a Ferrari, a Bentley, a Royce. You say, Mark, don't be silly. Man, if you're going to pray, pray big. Pray bold. Don't pray little prayers. Well, God, if you could just give me a shack in the corner of heaven. Be careful, you might get what you asked for. <laughs> Elisha said, I don't want what you got. I want twice as much as what you got. Jabez didn't say, God, I know I was born in pain. Just don't let there be any more pain. He said, no, God, I want you to bless me, and I want you to enlarge my territory. God, I want you to expand everything about me. And then you get mad at people who pray like Elisha and pray like Jabez. People, religious people get mad. You shouldn't pray that. I'm just going to pray it out loud in front of you, and I'm going to pray for three times. Three times. It's time for y'all just to get real and go, God, I ain't playing no more. I'm done playing. I'm staying. I ain't playing. I'm going to get double, triple, quadruple. I don't know what five is or I'd go there. (laughs) Five tuple. (laughs) I'm going to pray big. I'm going to stay long. I'm going to stay strong. I'm not going to give up, give out, or give in. Elisha said, I'm staying right here. He had been exposed to the supernatural power of God. I wouldn't go to a church that didn't believe beyond just going to church. A lot of people go to church. It's social. I get that. It's fellowship. I get that. And all those are good. I want to be half the time asked, I can't believe I said that. Did I really say that? Then I have this conversation with myself. God, did I push the envelope too far? And God's like, look in the sky tonight. Tell me how too far is. Be like God said, did I push it too far when I flung the stars in the sky and the galaxies and the moon and the sun? There's all this orbit and rotation going on. God said, You'd ever ask for it. I want to push us. I don't want you just to go to heaven. Going to heaven. Folks, i got to tell you, this will sound really lightweight. It's easy to go to heaven. Why? Because Jesus paid the great price. You and I didn't. He said, if you'll call on my name and put faith in what I did and who I am, he said, you're going to go to heaven. You'll be saved. I I wish it was tougher than that because Christianity, God made it so simple that intellectual minds can hardly believe that that's all it is. I I need to be smarter than everybody else to go to heaven. I need to do more than everybody else, and then I'll go to heaven. No, you don't. You need to simply have faith. God said, I'm going to make this fair for everybody. If you will believe and you will receive, you will have what you've asked. And many people go, that's just too easy. That's the wonder of God. He said, I want everybody. So I'm going to die for everybody. I'm going to pay for everybody. You want just a glimpse of what it's like? Just... Take about 10 people out to dinner. Don't say anything. Just everybody thinks they're on their own. Then slip off and say, i got to go to the restroom. While you're at the restroom, no wait. pay for the whole bill. You want to watch a table drop their jaw? You paid for everything. They'll want to go out and eat with you more. It might happen again. Why? They were influenced. That never happened when I was a kid. I never watched anybody pay for our meal, or I never watched my parents pay for anybody's meal. Then the first time I ever saw this, I was with a guy named Tommy Birchfield. And and Tommy's just a generous guy. There were a bunch of ministers at a table, and little did we know, Tommy's going to pay for everything. I was so moved by it. It influenced me. I said, I want to do that. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that pays for everybody. I believe the minute you get that in you and you start being that liberal, you have just a tiny grasp of God's heart for humanity. I want to be the guy. God says, I want to be your guy. Many people say, no, 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 that's just too much. Some of my favorite people, and don't get mad at me, and maybe this is politically incorrect, I don't know, and I really don't care. Some of my favorite people are Catholics. Because they've never been taught to read the Bible. And if you're Catholic and watching this and you're a priest, you know I'm telling the truth. And I love you. But they come and say, Pastor, I, I, I've never read the Bible. Because they're taught, they go to, they go to Mass. and all. It's not bad. I mean, I'm not criticizing Catholics going to heaven too. They believe in Jesus. It's not about what's on the side. It's about who's in the heart. But what makes it easy, they haven't been influenced to really have a belief system based on the Bible. So when I start teaching the Bible, they start going, well, that's brand new to me. And they take it in and they embrace it because they've not been influenced to believe miracles don't happen today, that God's not present involved. When we pray, he doesn't hear us. Prayer is just something we do. It's, it's, like, it's like buying a lottery ticket. When I pray, I expect. That's the second thing. He was exposed. miracles. Jabez had seen them. Secondly, he had an expectancy. What do you expect from God? Do you expect anything from God? When you pray, do you just pray with this hope of of dumping on God your pain, your sorrow? Are you just dumping it on God, which is fine? I don't want to just dump it on God. I want to exchange my pain for his gain. God, I know that you're alive today. I know that you're doing miracles today. I know that you're involved today. I know that you have plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me hope in the future. I know that. That's how come oftentimes in my darkest hour, I don't just pray my words, I pray the Bible. God, you said that you who began a good work in me will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That's what you told me. That you'd prosper and not harm me. Above all things I'd prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. That's what you told me. That's what your word says. That's what you said. It's not what I'm saying. That's what you told me you would do. God said call me into remembrance of my word. This is the reason if you don't read the Bible. The reason the devil hates it when we read the Bible. We're reading. Don't read the Bible to impress God. We don't read the Bible to tell him how long we read it or how many chapters we read. We read it. To load our soul with ammunition against the powers of darkness. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The word indeed means in reality. Bring it to pass in reality. The only time some people even use the word bless is when somebody sneezes. (coughs) bless you the devil laughs at that bless you really no it ought to be be healed you sneezer Some people don't believe. They've been influenced to believe my dad was one that, you know, God bless him and rest his soul. And, you know, he's in heaven today. But he and I would have conversations about, about the blessing of God. And he grew up incredibly poor. Didn't have his first pair of shoes till he was five years old. And so to my dad, blessing to my dad was I got shoes. Blessing to my dad was I got a place to live. And his level of faith took him there. He believed in it. He worked hard and he did it. But my dad felt like that blessing was based strictly on need and not on faith. In other words, a prayer like Jabez, why do you need? You just need this amount. You need this many shoes. You need, need, need. But God wants our blessing to be so great that it overflows into other people's lives. I can't buy meals for everybody else if I only have enough money to buy a meal for me. But when God blesses me and says, I blessed you so much, I want you to be more. Because you're believing me for more because you wouldn't be giving all of this away and blessing other people if you didn't expect me to give you back. So you expect that from God? He's the one that said, given it shall be given good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He's the one that put that in there. I'm just believing what he said. Rest down, shaken together, running over. And some of y'all only remember the shaking when you go home. <laughs> Proverbs 10, says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. He doesn't say brings enough, brings a little bit, brings the budget, and he adds no trouble to it. So he said, when I bless you, I'm not going to add trouble to it. I'm just going to bless you. And it brings wealth. Now, oftentimes, when you start talking about money or politics or religion, there's always going to be a fight. Somebody always gets mad. My opinion is you can have your opinion. I don't need to hate on your opinion. I don't need to assault you verbally. This is the challenge I have with all the politics and religion. I said, you can believe what you want. This is what I believe. You can get mad at me. I ain't going to get mad at you. This is the challenge we have. We don't talk about it because people say, well, you know, all they ever talk about is money or politics or whatever. The reality is we've all been exposed to a religious, if you're over 50, to a religious. We believe that God was simply a provider, and he is a provider, but he's also a blesser. And provision is a blessing, but blessing is a little different than provision, according to the Scripture. He said, I will not provide for you. He said, I will bless you, and the blessing of the Lord brings Wealth. It means strength. It means substance. It means force. That's what God does. That's what, what do I do? Numbers 14 28 says, Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, You have spoken in my ears, so I will do to you. You don't think there's power in words. You have spoken and I will do. You say, Well, that's name it and claim it. No, that's speaking. Bible truth, releasing faith, Jabez had been influenced, uh, exposed to, and now he has this expectancy to what he had been exposed to. He had heard about the great victory when his uncle Hur or whatever relative lifted the arms of, uh, 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 of Moses. Going, This is the fight that we're fighting, and he watches God and sees the miracle. Now he goes, I can expect God to do the same thing for me. Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 out of the Amplified says, Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Now, this is the Bible. If any part of the Bible is dated or seen as dispensational, Then all of the Bible is irrelevant today. It's either all relevant or all irrelevant. We don't get to pick and choose which part of the Bible is for today and which part for yesterday. God didn't date it and say, now this will be for the uh, early years, like just like AD twenty. And then, you know, once we get to twenty twenty, it don't apply no more. Worked yesterday. Is God different today than He was yesterday? The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today and forever. What He did then, He does now. Now if you can't grasp that, you'll have a hard time believing that and receiving what God has. I don't know about you, but I have mountain. I have a mountain range. sometimes in my life. It's like, don't speak to the mountain, speak to the range. Because there are a range of difficulties. There are a range of pains that we go through. and, And we sit and we talk about the issues. Now, James 1, 6 says, But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to tell you, for a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Expect. Well, yeah, I prayed about it, but... You should have a no-but policy in your faith. That will probably earn me some criticism. Anyway, exposed to, expected, and then those two things together equals the prayer of enlargement. He says, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. He put no parameters on God. He said, God... Whatever it is, I want to ask, give you permission, enlarge it. I want to ask you, I expect it, enlarge my territory. There's no way we can. Our thoughts are on obedience. There's no way we can figure God out, so quit trying. I can't figure God out. If anybody has, run, because they're leading a cult. Nobody's figured God out, and nobody's figured out why God does what he does or how he does it. Asked the woman that was going broke, and they were going to take her sons. And she had just this little bit of oil. And the prophet says, go get jars. And she got all she could. And she started pouring the oil in these huge jars, this little bitty vial. And the Bible says, God says, there's no more space. I'm convinced if there had been twice as many jars, the oil would have kept flowing. You know, the miracles of the Bible are awesome and wonderful, incredible, almost unbelievable at times. When you think about the parting of the Red Sea and the Jordan and then one guy hitting water with a cloak and walking across on dry ground. Lazarus, come forth out of the tomb. You're dead, but now you're alive. I mean, the Bible's full of miracles, and yet we rarely pull on them. I believe the greatest Travesty in our lives is for the devil to get us to believe for the bare minimum. Well, if I if I could just go to heaven, if I if if I can just make it to heaven, folks, I'm going to irritate a lot of people already up there because I'm going. And their people who don't want you there, they don't want me there, and I'm going to go ring their ring doorbell. They're going to have me on camera walking up to the house. I'm here! It's not a pipe dream. It's a reality if you've called on the name of the Lord. Jabez prayed like a man that was not in pain. He didn't allow the pain to be his primary influence because he had been exposed to miracles, and he believed in miracles, and he walked in them. So I close with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8 says, Each man, now listen to this. The whole idea here is to get us to think God is a great giving God. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, and as we know, if you read 1 and 2 Corinthians, they had all kinds of issues. Paul said, Each man should give as he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able... Now I like the word able, it doesn't say God and God will, it says and God is able, which means God is depending on that are bold, to engage him in what we need and to pray prayers that are bold, he is able to make all grace abound to you, he's able to, so that in all things, not some things, at all times, not sometimes, having all, not some, that you need, you will abound in every good work. Ask yourself the question why do I believe what I believe? And I'm going to tell you right now why. Because you believe what you believe because you've been exposed to what you believe. That was, you were first exposed and it became you. You embraced what you were exposed to. How do I change that? You expose yourself to the word. You expose yourself to preaching and teaching that is biblical. And you begin to change how you think. You have to change the way you think if you're going to change the way you live. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are who you think you are. You do what you think. You pray what you think. I have to change the way I think to change the way I live and pray. What are you expecting? People get up every day. I expect bad things to happen. Expect their car not to work. Expect things not function the way they should. I get up expecting better. Matter of fact, I think I'm just going to start getting up expecting things I never even thought I would expect. That's what I expect. God, enlarge my territory. And in order for God to do that, he'll enlarge you. If he's going to enlarge your territory, he'll enlarge you to walk in the expanse, in the expanded life that you've asked for. Don't be afraid to pray. Bold prayers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today ahead of time for all that you're going to do. We enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise, God. And we are so extremely grateful. For all our years of our lives will be greater than the former. That, Lord, we will not focus on the pain of the past, but we'll have faith for the future. Faith in you that our future will be brighter, stronger, bigger, larger than everything that we've ever known. God, I pray for our expectancy level to go up this week, believing you for the miracles that are available to us because you are able What makes you function according to your word is faith in you and your capacity to do whatever we ask in the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask everyone here if you would pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you. For giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I declare today. I am saved. Amen. Those of you who prayed that prayer for the very first time. I want to ask you to text the word saved. To 405 Text the word saved. 405 Making a declaration. I'm saved. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Rowe. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.